0: I went to the U- U.S. and uh, I, I mean, I was shocked to see a very young man. He was breathing with oxygen in the house. For him to breathe, for his lungs to operate very well, he has to have ox- a tank of oxygen in the house. And some of us, you even got COVID and you recovered. But by the grace of God, the gift of life is as priceless than anything. But we are so quick to complain about the little thing that we think God has not done. And we forget his benefits. We forget his love. We forget his protection. We forget his preservation. You are so Bitter and negative with God. God has not changed my story. Look at what I am going through. The question is, have you considered the things he has done? David said, consider not his benefits. Don't consider, I mean, do not forget, forget not his benefit, sorry. Say forget not his, don't forget the things Jehovah has done for you. Don't look at your problems and magnify them beyond the appreciation you are expected to give to Jehovah. I mean the man, a young man, less than 30 years was breathing with oxygen in the house. Because he could not survive without it. But by the grace of God, we prayed, and to the glory of God, he came off the oxygen. Yeah. He began to breathe normally and has not gone back to breathing with oxygen in the house. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, appreciate God. Yeah, for the little things he, he has done for you. Amen? Amen. Yeah, it's a sign that you depend on him. And I've told you, you cannot thank God amiss. You can pray amiss, but you cannot thank God amiss. Some of the prayers we go in with... Uh, With our anger and bitterness and you are crying, some of the prayers, they are out of order, out of place. They are prayers that God does not even listen. Why? Because the Bible says prayers that are prayed out of the will of God, he doesn't answer. If your prayers are out of God's will, imagine, I always tell people, some people can go into what we call spiritual activity without any results. What I mean by spiritual activity is you can engage in spiritual activity without productivity. You can be so active in your mind thinking you are praying but there is no productivity in that prayer. Why? Because if you pray amiss for one hour or two hours, in other words, all that you did was spiritual activity. You were exercising in your spirit literally there was no productivity in the prayer are we together yeah. yes because some of the prayers we make we pray them as as um apostle james said to satisfy our last desires <laughs> give me james four uh, yeah it's actually on the stream james four three shall we read one go See, when you read the Amplified Bible, you learn new words. That is why I always recommend the Bible we use in this church is the Amplified Bible. Now, it says you ask God for something. The Bible says you ask God for something and you do not receive it because you ask it with what? Because, no, come on, it's on the screen. You ask it with what? With wrong motives, out of selfishness, and with an unrighteous agenda. God, you see John just bought a car. Papa God, I am holier than John. I pay my tithe than John. I work harder than John. In fact, God, I am the one that comes to church first. John comes to church occasionally. That is not a prayer God answers. Because it is out of selfishness. You want to, it is out of your, um, 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 your, your jealousy and envy because somebody has received something, so you also need to receive something. When you pray with the wrong motives, you do not get results. But can I tell you something? You cannot thank God with the wrong motive. When it comes to thanking God, you just appreciate him for his goodness, for his love, for the things he has done in your life. So appreciation and thanksgiving actually proves your dependency on him, it proves your humility to Jehovah. That God I am not by myself, it is by your grace. I said to you last week, the Bible says, It is of the Lord's message that we are not consumed. For his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Can I tell you something? That scripture is so powerful. What it simply means that immediately you wake up, God gives you a check of mercy. Oh, Jesus. As you woke up this morning, God handed to you, Dennis, mercy. As you walk up, the, do you know why he has to give you a check of mercy? If he does not give you a check of mercy, you will not qualify for anything from Jehovah so you wake up in the morning and god says oh john i'm giving you a check of mercy in other words you don't qualify to be alive you don't qualify for the job you have but regardless of that i am still giving you that job i am still giving you that life i am giving you things you don't qualify for why because i have already covered you with my mercy mercy means exemption from judgment god giving to you what you do not deserve you don't qualify for every morning he looks at you and say let me give you mercy and he said for his mercies are new not once a year not twice a month but every morning somebody shout mercy when the mercies of God speak in your favor even what you don't deserve God gives you ladies and gentlemen when you get to a certain moment of your life when things get tough and life gets difficult and you yourself you know you are not even correct you are not in line You just somebody shout you shout mercy somebody shout mercy the bible says for they are new every imagine you wake up and god gives you a check of mercy for 24 7. in other words you are misbehaving but he's still speaking mercy You you, you are doing things that do not qualify you for a single blessing, but God has given you a check of mercy. Somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. Oh, shout, thank you, Jesus. Shout, thank you, Jesus. Shout, thank you, Jesus. Mercy. God chose to give you life. You don't deserve it. Mercy. He chose to give you a job. You don't deserve it. Mercy. He chose to make sure the wrong things you did. Ah, you were not fired from work. Mercy. Somebody shout mercy. In fact, some of you, if, we, if God should one day open the screen in heaven and everybody was to see what you are doing. When we see you, will be running away from you. Somebody shout mercy. Yes. And I said to you, when you praise God, you amplify and multiply your blessing. Thanksgiving multiplies your blessing. When you thank God for the things he has done in your life, your blessings begin to multiply. It's, it's a way to say, Father, I thank you for the small things I have. I am ready for more. Are you getting me? Yes. You, you are telling the Lord, Father, I thank you for the little things I have. But now I am ready for more. And I give you the scripture. The Bible talks about how Jesus was uh, um, um, had finished preaching. And... Um, He had so many people to feed. And they asked them, Jesus told the disciples, you people go buy bread for these people. And they said, where can we get bread at this hour of the day? There is no bread. We only have five loaves of bread and two fishes. And guess what? When Jesus received them, the Bible says he gave thanks. He didn't pray any long prayer. If it was modern day preachers. And he wants to work a miracle. hey. Tell you neighbor a paya and they would take the bread, lift it up, put it down, and bring it to the other corner, lift it up, put it down. Because what they, they are going to work a miracle, so much drama, shake the fish. And there be that disciple who would try to move the fish when the... <laughs> <laughs> that is where he say, get thee behind me, you devil." <laughs> <laughs> now, give me an IV. Luke. Give me New King James. Yes. Go to verse 15. Luke chapter 9. Yeah. Now, Jesus, uh, let's read from verse 12. Okay, let's read. One, go. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to say something. I was speaking to a pastor this week, and I was telling, I was explaining this particular scripture to him. The reason why, um, take me back. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and find what? And find what? And find what? And lodging. Because we are in a remote place. In other words, the, 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 the morale of this particular story is very simple. He says, the disciples came and said, send the multitude away. Because where we are is remote and we cannot get food. Now, let's hear the words of Jesus. In this verse, Jesus said something. And he replied, you give them something too? Do you know why Jesus said to the disciples, give them something? Because at every crusade, Jesus gave them food to eat. At every gathering, Jesus gave them food to eat. But where they were, the location was so remote that they didn't have food. So the disciples said, sir, you rather send these guys out because there is no way we will be able to get food for them at this particular crusade. So one day Jesus said, you people are following me because of the food. You hear me? That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, you guys, you are following me not because of miracles, because of food. Can I tell you something? Not everybody is here because of the fact that they want to serve God. Somebody is here because of a certain food. Not physical food because here at least we are fasting. You will not even get tea in the morning. (laughs) But there is some food. There is something that is drawing them to the altar. But guess what? Whether you came because of a certain food or spiritual food, you will still be fed. Are you getting me? Say, Jehovah shall meet my need. Now, let's go on. Now, but five About 5,000 men were there. That means there were over 7,000 women plus children put together. We are talking about almost like 12,000 people. But he said to the disciples, make them sit in groups of what? 50 each. Then the disciples did so and everyone, everyone, I forgot to say this last week, everyone, See, for you to receive the miracle, you must be ready to follow instructions. Jesus could have just said, bring the bread, let me pray and multiply. No, he says, every one of you sits in groups of what? When you follow divine instruction, you receive divine manifestations. There are certain instructions of God that doesn't make sense. You cannot actually process it with your cognitive ability but how you just sometimes need to follow. Just look like you are that stupid man. You don't understand anything, but you are just here to receive from Jehovah. What God is saying, may doesn't make sense to you. It looks so off. It looks bizarre. It looks creepy, but guess what? There are certain prophetic instructions of Jehovah as you've Obey them it was miracle it's like a whole minister for defense of the syrian army going to a prophet by the name elijah and the bible said it the, the minister for defense of the syrian army gets to elijah and says i have come for healing and, and and guess what elijah did not even come out of his room to imagine you have come to see me in the office and then you get here at the office and the protocol people say, the prophet says, go around Khafal seven times and you'll be healed. You're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Elisha did not even come out of his room. He said, go tell the minister for defense of Syria. I mean, go tell Naaman He should go and bath in the Madi River Jordan seven times. Imagine you have traveled from wherever to come and see the man of God. Imagine you traveled from maybe Kisumu. Some of you, you don't even travel from far. You travel from here in Langata. And you are coming. You are supposed to wait for five minutes. You get upset. That one, the man of God did not come out of his room. He says, he said to his servant, go tell Nehman to go back." in the mud. The man was angry and was bloating away with anger. And he said, There are better rivers in Syria Damascus. There are Apana and Papa rivers in Syria Damascus. Now, say Elijah. Now he says, Adeno, take me back to verse five from the same scripture. Shall we read one go? He was going to see the man of God. You see the things he carried. Yes. No. No. Go back. Go back. Let's read it. Let me see if I can quantify it in today's value. He carried ten thousand talents of silver, six thousand talents of gold, and ten sets of clothing. Somebody say, hey. "Hey." Now let's go on. uh-huh Then the letter that he took to the king of Israel I read, "With this letter, I am sending now." Mm-hmm. Now you see the king of Syria was operating with protocol. Somebody say protocol. protocol. Say order. order. Say systems. Say structure. You see, the king of Syria wrote a letter to the king of Israel and said to him, I'm sending my servant to heal, heal him. Even though the king of Syria knew the king of Israel has no power to heal. But he knew there is a prophet in Israel that can heal. So he didn't address the prophet. Why? Because the prophet is not his level. He's the king. So he had wrote a letter to the king and said, you can heal him. As to how the king was going to work it out, that he knew definitely the king will call the prophet to come and do the job. Are you getting my point? Yeah, so he was following order. Somebody say order. Yes, he, he wanted to operate with the king from that level of protocol and systems. It is like a CEO of, say, a certain organization going to a branch and starting to give instructions. If you want instructions effected in the branch, what does he do? He called a branch manager. Isn't it? Yes. Do the job, but he knows there is somebody there that can get the job done. Now, go to verse 8. hmm He said, Let the man come to me, and he will know there is a prophet where. Now, verse 8. Now, the man comes to the, the, uh, the king. So, Naaman, shall we read one? Go. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what I was saying. Elisha did not see him. Elisha did what? Sent a messenger to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. Elisha did not see the minister for defense for Syria. He says, uh, he sent a messenger. Go and tell him. Tell your neighbor neighbor. Neighbor. Be humble. humble. Sometimes miracles miracles. come Come. as a result result. of your humility. humility. Are we together? Yeah. Sometimes the miracles are effected because you were just ready to be humble. Next verse. So, hear what Naaman said. The boss got angry. But Naaman went away, huh? I thought that he was surely what? Come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Do you know what Nehman wanted? Nehman wanted drama. That is what most of us want. Like the other day I was demonstrating. If I want to pray for you. And I say, sit down sir. In the name of Jesus, Father bless this man. Favor him. Exalt him. Amen. And I say, I'm praying for this one. In the name of Jesus. Bless. This one would think the prophet doesn't even love me. <laughs> the anointing is not strong. Naaman said, I thought he would come out. Call on the name of this God, make a shout, and wave his hand over the leprosy. Nayman wanted drama. And you see, that is what most of us want. Lie down on the altar seven times, let me pour oil on you. Tell your neighbor neighbor, the miracle is not in the drama. Naman did not, the prophet did not even come out of his house. But be, be, he says, next verse, next verse. He says, are not Abana and Papha rivers of Syria, Damascus, better than the rivers of Israel? Can you imagine? He said, we have better rivers. If it was about bathing in water, I would have bathed in the waters in Damascus. They are better rivers where I come from. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. The miracle is effected through your obedience. Yes. So let's go back. So Jesus, let me go back. I just just made a detour. Jesus lifted up the bread, prayed over it, and that was it. They asked them to sit in the groups of 50. When you want a miracle, be ready to obey instructions. Prophetic instructions for that matter. The man went, bathed in the river. Now let's let's go to the let's continue from here briefly. Let's end it and then we can come back. Uh huh. Next verse. Then he gave them to the disciples to set them before the people. Next verse. They all ate and were. All the over 5,000 people ate and were satisfied. Why number one? Because he gave thanks. The five loaves of bread was multiplied to feed over 5,000 people. I pray that as you give thanks to Jehovah, may your blessing multiply. May your favor multiply. In the name of Jesus, as you give them, I told you God Himself said in Malachi 2:2, if you do not give the blessing that is due my name, I Jehovah, I will curse your blessing. That one the day I saw that scripture, my heart panicked. Read the scripture, Malachi 2, one go. If you do not give the glory, he says, um, if you do not give the glory, the New King James says, if you do not give the glory that is due to me, I, Jehovah, I will kiss your blessing. I pray that we will not get to that place where God has to limit our blessings. Amen? That, but we will be ready to honor him and give him thanks. Are we together? Yes, next point. I said to you, thanksgiving activates the presence of God around you. Somebody say it activates the presence of God. Yes, when you thank God, you activate the presence of God around you. You provoke the hand of God. You provoke God to do something in your life. When you you begin to thank him and appreciate him. Can I tell you something? I actually realized this morning that God actually loves thanksgiving and praises and worship more than anything else. Because why would he set a whole system in heaven and all that the system is doing is to praise him? Are you getting my point? There are elders, 24 elders in heaven and the angels in heaven. All that they are doing is to what? Praise God. That tells you how important and crucial Thanksgiving is to God. He has set the system in heaven and all that the system is doing, the 24 elders, they are just praising him. They are just praising him. They are just praising him. I was telling you last week the reason why God loved David was because of his heart of thanksgiving and appreciation. God loved David so much because David was a man that knew how to appreciate God. A man that could dance before the Lord. I mean he was a king. He could dance before the Lord even at the time that he was a king. A man that knew how to honor God and appreciate him. Thank him. He was not so particular about his throne. He was not so particular about what he has and the level God has brought him. When he committed a sin, he told God, Papa God, you can take the throne, you can take my belongings, you can take everything I have, but do not take your presence away from me. Can you imagine that? He told God, Father, I know I have sinned. You can take the throne, you can take everything else from me, but don't take your presence away from me. That is what God says, this is a man after my heart. Regardless of his mistakes, he knows how to go before God and worship him. If it was us, You'll be so attached to the throne. Thanksgiving activates that because God dwells in thanksgiving. In heaven, He dwells in thanksgiving. When you read Psalm 22 3 uh, from the King James, the Bible says that He inhabits in the praises, He literally dwells in praises. So sometimes when you want God to move in your life, one of the things you need to do is to learn how to praise Him, how to worship Him. For but He said, "But thou art holy." Let's read the scripture. Thou inhabit. Let's read one go. Uh huh. He said, "But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest in the praises of Israel." He dwells in praises. How many of you have been there? You feel dry. Sometimes you just put a worship song and you just begin to you feel the presence of God so strong around you. You see, ladies and gentlemen, you need to have your own personal encounters with God. Tell you about personal encounters. Yes. The things, Apostle Paul and the, the early apostles, they said, the things we have seen, the things we have handled, the things we have experienced, that we, t- we talk about. Now, what have you handled? What encounter have you had with God? Sometimes lock up yourself in the room. Put your phones on silent or put it somewhere and just put on worship and just begin to worship him. Just begin to worship him. Activate the presence of God around you. The reason why most of you, you encounter so many demonic things, demonic activities, is that you don't know how to activate the presence. How much of worship do you give to him? Tell your neighbor, activate the presence of God. See, if you are spiritually dry, you position yourself for attacks. If you are spiritually dry, you do what? Yeah, because there's no presence to shield you from those attacks. But when you learn how to activate and invoke the presence of God, things begin to work. Number four, Thanksgiving and praise brings God on the scene. He invades your presence when you thank him. It brings God on the scene to action. Because he dwells in praises. When you appreciate God and you thank him, you literally invoke him to come down. When you read a story about the woman whose daughter was vested with a demon, the Bible says. She did everything. She started praying and wailing. Give me Matthew chapter 15. Making noise to Jesus. Yeah. Jesus could not answer. But the Bible says when he worshiped. Matthew 15. Shall we read? Read re, re from verse 21, sorry. Verse 21. Matthew chapter 15 verse 21. Shall we read? One go. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Now the Bible says there is a woman whose daughter was severely demon-possessed. Somebody say demon-possessed. demon-possessed. And the Bible says that she cried out to Jesus and said, Jesus, have mercy on me. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. He cried out. Go back. Let me let me let, let say. Say, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of who? Yes. You know, Kenyans have a special way of praying. There is no Kenyan that will pray that will not mention the name Jehovah Father. You have not checked, but I would give you. Every time a Kenyan is praying, Jehovah Father. King of glory. You would not, they would not miss the word king of glory. King of glory. Jehovah father, king of glory. (laughs) The woman said, son of David. You see, let me tell you one thing, ladies and gentlemen. When it comes to thanking God, you see some people say, Lily of the Valley, Rose of Sharon. Rose of where? Lion of the tribe of what? Judah. (laughs) The woman was using those names. Son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible says, next verse you hear, Jesus answered her, not aware. She cried. Guess what? I always, preach from this scripture and I always tell you, we pray to a Jesus we have not seen. Have you seen Jesus before? You have not. But this woman prayed to Jesus physically. She saw Jesus. But guess what? Jesus chose not to answer. Can you imagine that? You you are in your house. You live in Kahawa. You lift up your hands. You pray. Jesus doesn't answer. You get angry. This woman saw Jesus physically. (laughs) Jesus did not answer. Physically. Here, Jesus was there. She prayed. Jesus chose not to answer. Now, are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus was there. The Bible said, and he answered her not word. Imagine you are speaking and somebody chooses to ignore you. And the person is there. And the annoying part is that the disciples came and said, send her away. Imagine you are coming, you are calling, man of God do something. And the protocol. Juma and his team says, Papa, this one. It was demeaning It was painful, but the woman understood the protocol of heaven. She came first with demand. But for you to attract heaven's attention, you must enter with praise. Hello? (laughs) You don't just jump into prayer. And then now, you be, God, my job. No, you enter the course of heaven with praise. Even when you are going to state house, there is protocol. When you want to assess the court of heaven, you enter with what? With praise and thanksgiving. You, know, you need to know how to assess the protocol in heaven. But you see, when she started making noise, there is some people, when some people call, you know some people when they call, when they call me, it's serious. It immediately, prophets, you know my job. They don't, they don't know where you are. They don't even ask whether you are driving. Whether you are in the mood of prayer, yes. Prophets, as you pick the call, they start with their problems. <laughs> Can I tell you something? When you call someone, ask, is it a good time to talk? Yeah. That is the first thing you should ask. Yeah. You don't even need to ask whether they are fine or not because maybe that, you are not used to that. But ask them, is it a good time? Can we talk? Now, immediately you call. Man of God, my cats has not been eaten. <laughs> oh no, people coming for so many different reasons. Prophet pray for my cat. And as humble as I am, I have to say, yes, ma', <laughs> I will pray. I have to. No, you see, people don't know the things pastors go through. The different prayer topics. for my dog. My fridge is not working. In the UK, it's even worse. UK. The heater in the house, man of God, the heater in the house is not working. Make a decree. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. So the woman switched from asking into what? Worship. Somebody say worship. She came and worshiped him and said Lord help me. When she switched from asking into worship God Jesus began to now respond. But he answered and said are you hearing me? The first time he she she cried and said Lord have mercy on me my daughter. Jesus said not a word. But immediately she switched into worship. Now, the word worship there is from the Greek word pro, I mean, proskonua, which literally means he lied prostrate. And he, he literally, she literally lied prostrate before Jesus and worshipped him. And Jesus began to respond. See, when you learn how to worship, you literally invoke God on the scene to work on your behalf. You invoke him in the sin and things will begin to work for you when you learn how to worship. I said to you in, last week on Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas were arrested, the Bible says at midnight they praised. After they prayed, they praised God. Give me in, in King James, Acts chapter 15, 16. Sixteen Start from verse twenty or twenty two there. Yes, shall we read one go? Hold on. The Bible says they were beaten and they were cast in prison. And at midnight, they prayed and they did what? They prayed and they did what? When they prayed, they were in prison. And when they were singing praises, they were still there. Sometimes your situation does not have to change before you start praising him. When you praise him in the midst of the painful situation, you position yourself for deliverance and for a breakthrough. You don't have to see the miracle. You see, they were praising God in faith. That is what we call a sacrifice of praise. They were giving God a sacrifice of praise. We we, we are praising you in our pain. We are praising you even though we are still on the hospital bed. My rent has not been paid, but Father, I thank you and I know you are making a way. things looks bleak. I don't know what is going to happen, but I am praising you. When you praise God in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the hardship, in the midst of the difficulty, you position yourself for a testimony. In, that was the darkest moment of their life. They were doing, preaching the gospel and they were still arrested. If it was somebody today, they would tell you, hey, I, I have always said, this thing is not working. Imagine we are preaching. We are preaching the gospel. And look, at, if somebody is coming to church and they even have an accident, I said, ah, God said, this is a sign that I was not supposed to go to church. Because they felt like when they were away, they were attacked. And so they, they, they encountered an attack. Ladies and gentlemen, stop trying to spiritualize things wrongly. It's good sometimes to spiritualize, but now you spiritualize wrongly. If you had an accident on your way to church, it is not a sign that you are not supposed to go to church. In fact, it is a sign that you are supposed to be there. Because the enemy is trying to, uh, to stop you from receiving your miracle and your blessing. Are you getting my point? Yeah. If you are going to receive a mega breakthrough and then you, somebody is trying to block you, what does that mean? Yeah, the person doesn't want you to get there. The enemy does not want you to get there to receive your breakthrough. So what? You have to push through in order to get there. When you are praying, have you been praying and it looks like the more you pray, the more your problems compound? It is actually a sign that your prayers are working. Because if your prayers are not working, the devil will not want to. The devil, when when you are praying and your prayers are making effects in the spirit, you start having attacks and what we call counter-attacks in the spirit. Counter-attacks come in bad dreams, in so many things, going haywire. Why? Because the devil is agitated. The devil feels like this man is almost about to break through. I need to intensify my attacks on them. And guess what? When you continue to pray in the midst of the attacks, you receive a miracle. You will receive a sudden breakthrough and you will never get back to that place and that position again. Why? Because you have defeated the enemy at his best. So they were in praising, and they prayed and they praised. We worship God for who he is and we praise God for what he has done. What had God done for them? To put them in prison? No, but they were praising him. They were singing hymns and praising God. And the reason why, the Bible says, and the prisoners heard them. The prisoners heard them praise God. Next verse. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains or pants were loose. What it means is that the reason why the foundations were shaken is because God descended at the place. The presence of God descended. So there was an earthquake. Why would there be an earthquake at that time that they were worshiping God? Because the presence of God descended at the place. And so the the earth began to shake. Why? Because God was invading the situation. Can I tell you something? I pray for you that as you worship God, you learn how to thank him. May he invade your situation 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 in the name of jesus god descended and brought them out of that prison how because they were still praising god in the midst of their pain you see when you praise god and you thank him. Now, the next point eh, eh, when you thank him, it strengthens your faith and it magnifies your God above your problems. When you learn how to thank God, your faith is strengthened. In the midst of the prison, your faith is strengthened. In the midst of the prison, your faith is strengthened. When you learn how to thank God, eh, you magnify your God above your problems. You appreciate him. You want the enemy to know that your God is bigger than every form of challenge that you are going through. Tell your neighbor and say neighbor. My God is bigger than my problems. My God is bigger than my pain. My God is bigger. Yes, when you praise God, you bring yourself to a place where you are telling everyone that your God is bigger than that pain. Your God is bigger than your problems. Your God is bigger. You actually focus more on God and it lifts your faith. Amen? Yes, when you praise God, you, are, you, you literally demean the problem. You bring it down. You let the enemy know that your God is greater than every challenge. You let the enemy know that your God is bigger than that cancer, that arthritis, that death that is threatening your life. Your God is bigger than every other thing else that you can think of. Let me quickly go through verse 6, number 6. I want to finish it today so that next week you can be doing something else. Thanksgiving and praise focuses you on God and increases your faith. Your faith is increased when you thank God. Because most of the songs that we use to thank God actually tells of how big he is, how magnificent he is, how glorious he is. And in, as you continuously sing that and worship him and, and, and him, your spiritual senses is activated to connect to faith. Now, let, let, let's, 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 let's read this. Let's read this. Give me Romans chapter four, verses twenty. Give me from the amplified. Romans chapter four verses twenty. If you can give me an amplified classic. Romans chapter 4 verses 20. AMPC. Yeah, shall we read one go? The Bible said, but he grew strong and was empowered by No, 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 let's read what is there. Now, this scripture is talking about Abraham. Abraham grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave what? Praise. Now, this is a man that God has promised that he's going to be the father of many nations. He's 100 years and there was no show. Imagine. God had promised him "You will be the father of many nations. 100 years. And the father of many nations was not showing up. His horsepower has gone to (laughs) 0.000%. Hallelujah. Yes. Hundred years. No child. Nothing. It looks like nothing was happening. Hundred years. But guess what the Bible says. He was. He grew strong. Day by day. And he was empowered by faith. As he was. Praise God and gave glory to his name. When you praise God, you praise God, you give him sacrifice of praise. He has not paid the bill, but you are thanking him that it has happened. He he has not done it. You see, when you thank him, let me, let me, how how many of you have have encountered this before? You promise somebody something, you have not done it, but they start thanking you. They, They start thanking you. They start they start they start appreciating you for something you have not done. What do you end up doing? You do it. Because now they are they are already appreciating you for ah uh, boss, you know, you told us you increase you increase our salary. Thank you. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> the following man, they are still thanking you. You 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 even feel guilty not doing it. Are you getting me? Yeah. So the Bible says his faith grew and he was empowered because of thanksgiving. Now let me go to the last point. Point number six. Actually there's seven. Okay. Point six. Let me just uh, mention six. Yeah. I've, I've talked about point seven. Yes. Thanksgiving and praise is a weapon against the enemy. Say thanksgiving. It's a weapon against the enemy. Yes, when you learn how to thank God and appreciate him, you actually activate spiritual weapons on your behalf. Thanksgiving and praise is a weapon against the enemy. It's a weapon. When you learn how to thank him, you see, anytime you thank God, and you come from your place of worship, how do you feel? You feel, you feel strong, you feel refreshed, you feel, you feel empowered. See, most of the time, we don't really understand the essence of some of the things we do, so you do it trivially. See, that's why some people, they don't even, they feel like, you know, me, I came for, I came for the word, so they don't even connect during the time of worship. That is the greatest mistake of your life. Are you getting me? In the time of worship, connect. Tell your neighbor, connect. Yeah, because you might never know. Can I be honest with you? Let me give you one, one, one story about myself. The first time my eyes was open in the spirit, it was during a worship service. The first time I used to, my prophetic ministry used to be in dreams. Before I go into a service, I will have a dream about what I am, what is going to happen in the service. If I give you um, my phone right now, I have dreams for different services. Different, I, 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 I can actually show you, I write dreams, dreams of enemies, dreams ministering in Kenya. I have dreams of dorm partners. I've got dreams I have about people. And before sometimes I get into a service, I mean, I would have had a dream. Yes. About what is going to happen. And it happens exactly as you see in the dream. I mean, 98% of the time it happens. Almost the same. Dreamt of this. Dreamt. I mean, I've dreamt of some, some things I'm going to even be doing in 2024. Some church, a certain church that I have not gone there. I'm, I've dreamt of me being ministering in the church and what I was, who I was ministering to. Those things come in dreams and in visions. God said, I speak to my prophets in dreams and in visions. For my servant Moses, I speak to him face to face. And next month, that is the subject we are going to do. I'll be teaching on dreams and visions. And how to hear the voice of God. You see, I personally don't believe. If you know me, you know me well. I don't believe I am the one to hear God for you all the time. No! I need to train you to a level where you can hear God for yourself. So that you are able to connect with God. By yourself, you can hear that this is and this is what God is saying. And how you can connect to the voice of God. Are you hearing me? Yeah. You need to hear God for yourself. So, one day, I was in a service. And there was worship going on. And a certain man of God had come. And he was praying for us years back. And then I used to have dreams only. But that day, as we were worshiping, all of a sudden, my eyes were opened. And I saw my first vision for the first time. And it was life. It was like as if I was watching a screen, watching a movie. And my eyes were closed. I was worshiping. But I saw the first vision. I saw the first vision that I was on campus years back. The first vision I saw was for my own self. I saw myself in a classroom. And in the classroom, I was the only black student. And then in the class, we were studying. And there was a professor standing there who was also white and telling us things. And God lifted me from the classroom and brought me into a service. Now, that was, I mean, the dream and the vision I had. Guess what? That was, I I was on campus, it was my final year. When I went to do my master's in the class where I was in the UK, I was the only black student. And the, the vision I saw, the scenery was exactly the same as what I had seen a year, two years before. I saw the vision two years before. But guess what? Exactly the same. It happened exactly the same way. The first time my eyes was open was in a worship service. What am I trying to say? When you get into the moment of worship, God can show you things. But most of us, we trivialize worship. You trivialize worship, that is the time you are not connecting. In fact, that is the time you should connect. Because God loves worship more than your prayer. Amen? Amen? Tell your neighbor neighbor. neighbor. God, loves your God loves your worship. Now, worship like I said is and praise is a weapon against the enemy. Give me 2 Chronicles chapter 20. You're going to read a long stretch of verses and then we can close. Some of you have not been reading the Bible in a, in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to help you. Second Chronicles chapter twenty, shall we read from verse one? One go. Hold on. Let me just try to just expound a few things as we read, so that you don't just read. Now, the Bible says, "Josaphat and the children of Israel just gathered before God. They were they proclaimed a fast. Somebody say fast, because three nations had come out against Israel. Number one, let me just give you a few points on over this scripture as we read. Now, when you get into a moment of a battle, fast. Somebody say fast, and then now the second thing they did is that they came together. Somebody say they came together. They came together to pray and fast. And now they came to the house of the Lord. See, they came to the house of the Lord. Now when they came to the house of the Lord, that was when Jehoshaphat was saying, you have said that when, there, when we get afflicted and we come before you and we lift up our voice before you, you will hear us. He says, in, I mean, take me back, take me back, take me back, just back. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in there. No, no, come on in there. Absolutely. See, I'm telling you, these are strategies to overcome warfare. Is anybody here going through warfare? There are strategies, protocol to overcome every battle you are going through. Number one, they proclaim the fast. Sometimes you don't need a man of God to declare to you fast before you fast. If you look at your challenges, hello? If you look at your challenges and you look at your bank account. And you know the Reverend Cathy said yes, uh, last Friday, he said, if you know your bank balance, you are doing badly. If you know your bank balance, you are doing badly. You're always calling the bank manager. So, how, what is the balance? You look at the balance like three times in a day, my friend, it will not change. Get out there and do something about it. Yeah? So they came to the house of the Lord and they, they, they prayed before the new court, before the court of God. Uh-huh. And then he, Jehoshaphat said, when you now now, anytime you are afflicted, come to the house of God and pray. Because there is a covenant that God has with his house. Are you hearing me? There is what? He says, God says, anytime you are afflicted and you come to my presence and you lift up your hands and you stand before me in prayer. He says, I will answer. This week, as we gather in here, may God answer you. I said, May Jehovah answer you. As you come not to expect, you are expecting a word from the Lord, but I declare he shall give you that answer. In the name of Jesus. Now let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Skip to, skip to verse 10. Verse 10, quickly. Moab and Mount Seir. Now, this is the parallel. The Bible says, Now all Judah, their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Church, there comes a time, gather your entire family and cry before Jehovah. When we read the story of Hagar, when Abraham, when Sarah managed to convince Abraham to drive Hagar out of the house, the Bible says, and the Lord heard the voice of the little lad the young boy. God did not hear the voice of Hagar. God heard the voice of the little lad. They were all crying to God, but God heard the voice of the little one. Sometimes, gather your entire family. Was it, was it the 10th of September? Yeah. We'll be having a family dedication service again. Gather your entire family. Bring them. Let us lift holy hands. And sometimes, let, the, let teach your children how to pray before God. And sometimes, the prayer they shall make for you, it's what God will hear. Are you hearing me? Yes. yes. Next verse. Yeah, here, here is. And uh, the, the, actually, Genesis 21. And God heard the voice of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord called Hagar out of heaven and said to her, Hagar was with the little boy. But God didn't hear Hagar's voice. God heard the voice of the little boy. The little boy that was crying. That was the voice God heard. May God hear the voice of your children. If somebody tells you children's prayer, God does not hear. It's a lie. God hears. In fact, he hears even better. Because you, you know, I don't have to say it. Your children, they are innocent. You. Aish. Somebody say mercy. Yeah. So many complications. Let's continue. Uh-huh. Verse 14. Then the spirit of... Now, when, you, when they all gathered before God in agreement, what happened? The spirit of God descended. Are you hearing me? Verse 13. No, verse 13. Now all Judah, with their little ones and their wives and their children, stood before the Lord. Verse 14. Then the spirit of God came down. When you agree together in prayer, the spirit of God comes down. The spirit of God came down. Upon Jehazel, the son of Ben, Be, Be, Je, Zachariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattiah, a Levite, the son of the sons of Asaph. Not this one. he Doesn't have a son. In the midst of the assembly, uh-huh. I pray for you. Any battle that is waging against you. That looks threatening. May God fight for you. May God step in the battle and fight for you. I said, may Jehovah step in the battle and fight for you. It looks overwhelming. It looks threatening. But I pray in the name of Jesus. May Jehovah God step in the battle and fight your battles for you. If you are here, shall I receive that? He said, you do not need to fight in this battle. For the battle is the Lord's. Uh-huh. It's not yours. Tomorrow go down. Let's read. Mm-hmm. Position yourselves and stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. See, there is, says when he says position yourself, somebody say position yourself. It all talks about structure, systems, protocol. Don't just, you don't receive miracles anyhow. Amen? When, before the spirit of God moves, there must be order. Somebody say order. Yes. Now skip to verse 20 for the sake of time and then we can go. Verse 20. So they arose. Believe in his servants, the prophets. Uh Now they when they he said, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established, they gathered themselves together. And they When they had consulted with the people, he appointed those who were to what? And who? Those who were to what? Praise the beauty of his own. There were people, their battle strategy was thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a battle strategy against the enemy. Especially when you are in intense battle, you don't even know how to fight it. He said they position people to sing to the Lord and those to praise the beauty of His. So as they went out before the army, they were saying, "Praise the Lord for His mercies endures forever." All that they are saying is that praise the Lord. I know we don't deserve to win this battle by his mercy is enduring. I know I don't qualify for the job, but his mercy is enduring. I know I don't deserve this by his mercy. They were praising God and speaking of his mercies and appreciating the Lord. And guess what? Here what happens. Now when they began to what? Shall we read? The Lord sets ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come out. As we praise God tonight, may God send ambush against your enemies. As we praise God tonight, may God send an ambush against your enemies. May Jehovah send an ambush against your enemies. May the Lord send an ambush against your enemies. May Jehovah send an ambush against your enemies. In the name of Jesus. These people should have been starting to praise God. looks like they are not in the spirit. They are sitting down. Come, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Are you hearing me? God is going to send an ambush against your enemies. God is going to send an ambush against your enemies. As Amen. we praise Him and as we thank Him, as we worship Him, that battle that looks threatening, He is going to overcome.